We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind Rockney items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit AugiesLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. AugiesLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer, BlueAndGold.com with our football analyst, Tim Hyde. We are live here on Wednesday, March 2nd. Appreciate um, some folks joining us live here um, and anybody watching back or uh, watching, um, you know, or, or excuse me, listening via podcast format. Make sure you hit the thumbs up uh, on YouTube here. Uh, and if you are listening via podcast, um, please leave us a kind rating and review. Uh, we introduced this new weekly Wednesday show um, last week. Um, for podcast audience, calling it Pod Like a Champion uh, to r- revive that name. Um, that doesn't play as well on YouTube, though, so it's called Notre Dame Football Show. But um, Ashton is a game-time decision. She, I should say she was a game-time decision, and um, she is out. Uh, no flu uh, Michael Jordan game from her. Um, she had to she had to sit the bench um, for, for this week. She is – she's um, – you need a – voice to do this and um she doesn't have one right now um but yeah tim in boston today where where it's it's in the 40s right that's that's pretty good for you guys this time of the year right oh it's balmy yeah we had 50s a week ago and then it dipped right back down into the single digits <laughs> we got a couple days of snow uh, a couple inches dropped last night actually and now we're in a yeah, beautiful 40s and a little melt so you gotta love hear New do you want to hear my weather Oh, it's Atlanta, so it's probably 83 and starting to get really warm. Dude, it's 77 right now. It's hot out. Like, I am I like cold weather, um, and this is – it's killing me. Winter went too fast, so um, I got to start mowing my lawn again. That's uh, not looking forward to that, but um, – Yeah, I think yeah. I got two months until I have to do that. <sighs> so that, that that's coming up. So spring ball starting pretty soon, Tim. Um I mean, we could talk endless amount of time about, you know, different position groups and whatnot, but we'll just kind of open it up with a broad question for you. Spring storylines. I'm also, uh, before we started going live here, I recorded this video with Tyler Horka, so you can check that out on Thursday. He gave four spring storylines. I'll kick it to you first. What is your number one spring storyline to keep an eye on when things open up on March 17th? Okay, not talking quarterback, because that's obviously number one. Uh, wide receiver depth is obviously 1B. Well, why can't so we talk you, about it? It's a storyline. Well, you could always talk about it, but I'm just saying the fans, yeah, if you don't mes- mention quarterback and wide receiver together, you know, it, you know it's, it's, it's chaos. For me, you know, ball coach, old, old uh, defensive coordinator for many, many years, you know, uh, is defensive back. Uh, for whatever, you know, maybe it's the PTSD of the Fiesta Bowl. 
is just not gotten away. Uh, the few times I've watched that game, I'm like, why am I watching this game again? But uh, I've watched it to break down some things. And uh, they're all returning, correct? All the DBs are returning from uh, from that ball game. So it is, uh, I feel, the biggest storyline because of game one. They're not playing Marshall game one. They're not playing, you know, whoever game one. They're playing Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, uh, what, what do you throw for 700 yards in the Rose bowl, give or take. Uh, so that's my biggest storyline is, is the defensive back play here at Notre Dame. Yeah. Mine's definitely the quarterbacks. <laughs> Shame oh, on you singer. That. Yeah. No, it's gotta be the quarterbacks. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're going outside of the obvious, um, you know, just how awesome will Joe Alt be is, is probably the, the number one. Um, and, but in all seriousness, um, I mean, you can go with, you know, Prince Colley and Jalen Sneed. Do oh, these yeah. young, talented five-star linebackers emerge? Um, I go to Ramon Henderson. Um, all your safeties return. DJ Brown and Houston Griffith didn't think both of those guys would return as a combo. And then you bring in Brandon Joseph. What does this mean for Ramon Henderson? Um, does Clarence Lewis have a bounce back year? I mean, Tim, I can literally go for an hour talking about storylines. This is, Tim, this has got to be one of the more fascinating seasons for Notre Dame since, or most interesting going into it since. With the schedule, USC, Clemson, Ohio State, yeah. you're going to the shoe to open the year. You have a first-time head coach. You have all of this new staff. It's the quarterback position. We're not 100% sure who that quarterback's going to be. It's got to be, for you as a longtime Notre Dame follower, Tim, it's got to be one of the more interesting seasons in quite some time. Yes, uh, number one, because obviously Brian Kelly's leaving. Brian Kelly's been, you know, he's competed for three national championships, been around two other years, and, 15 and 17 in November. So you basically got five out of his 12 years. He's been, you know, right at the cusp of uh, playing for that thing. So he's gone. This feels completely different because when Lou Holtz left, it was a little bit of, you know, maybe worn out as welcome. How is, you know, recruiting gone? Bob Davey, you know, was, had obviously been there for a couple of years. So feels different now. You know, when Willingham came in, it was chaos. Weiss came in, it was chaos. Uh, when Holtz came in, everyone knew he was going to build it. So just let him build it. You know, is this the same as Jerry Faust, you know, but he's coming from high school, Dan Devine replacing era, but Dan Devine brought a ton of NFL division one head coaching experience with him. You know, I'm, I, I threw it out on the message board a week ago. This kind of feels like is in 1964, obviously era Parsegian had a ton of experience, but just uh God, just going back, not that I was here in 64, but, uh, you know, the same type of field process, I guess, as you're going into an era of what's it going to be. And that's why my my selection, as you just threw out a couple guys there real quick, and on defensive back is, yeah, they're all, they're all coming back, but they were ranked in the 60s in tons of passing categories. They're going to face, you know, uh, at, you know Ashton uh, posted on Twitter, Vegas has three of the top five uh, Heisman uh, Trophy, you know, uh, odds favorites. Notre Dame's going to face them. You know, Clemson, USC, 
you know, Ohio State. So that's that's a little bit interesting there. And then my biggest thing real quick with the DBs is, is Notre Dame played a lot of freshmen last year, correct? A lot of freshmen. Obviously major on offense. And they signed six DBs. And for whatever reason, I can't get this out of my head. How did not one of these six B, you know, defensive backs not crack the two deep? Couldn't be a regular on special teams. I know Riley and Barnes played a little bit, but not every game. And that was, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a telltale. How, you know, they have, they had to move Xavier Watts from offense. Did one of these six freshmen not pick it up? That's an interesting thing there. Ramon Henderson had to move. And you just mentioned safeties. Where's Xavier Watts? Is he the, is he number five on the safety depth chart? Does he go back to wide receiver? What, what are they going to do with that? That's going to be an interesting storyline because now you have five safeties that have played in games. You know, obviously, you know, and they went out and got Brandon Joseph, uh, Brandon Joseph, All-American from Northwestern. Defensive back is just, for me, is going to be very, very interesting. All right. Pull up for our, our YouTube audience here. This is the uh, graphic they're talking about on three. Put up this graphic. These uh, spring 2022 Heisman odds are from uh, Vegas Insider. Open at Ohio State, CJ Stroud there, got Caleb Williams, and then uh, DJ Uyongalele. It's, it's close. It's probably not accurate, but that's close, that, that pronunciation. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty talented quarterbacks there. Even though DJ had such a down year last year, uh, he had uh, quite the game against Notre Dame in 2020 when Trevor Lawrence was out. CJ Stroud... That that might be who I, I would have my money on this year if I were to to be a gambling man, which will not confirm or deny if I am. And then Caleb Williams, a lot of USC hype. You're a Southern a California guy. Uh, obviously not right now you are not, but w- w- what do you think about all the hype with Caleb Williams right now? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, it's just the, the hype train with Lincoln Riley is a little overkill. They're acting like he's coming in and they're going to go 11 and one next year. It's like, I don't know. I got USC still has some line issues until they start bringing in line. I, you know, I feel ever since Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll had linemen that would just flat back you. They had defensive linemen that were, you know, just straight going to the NFL after a few years. Ever since then, it has become a seven on seven clinic at USC. They recruit five stars. They go out to all these camps. They get all these private seven-on-seven kids. That everyone knows this. They got unbelievable skill guys. But until they get the linemen, you know how how good are they going to be? But uh, yeah, it's a little it's a little overkill. Uh, what's going on here with Oklahoma West, better known as USC? <laughs> Oklahoma yes. West. I like. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. I, I it's uh I, I'm a DJ Uyunglele guy. I think he is a special talent. Um, him and Bryce Young in that 2020 recruiting class, they that was two of the best quarterbacks I've seen at the top of the board like that. Um, this year's actually pretty good too with Arch Manning and Malachi Nelson, uh, Nico Iamavalala. I, I, mm-hmm. I haven't pronounced his name in a while, so it's been I'm not great. And Dante Moore, Chris Vizina. It's a great quarterback class in 2023. We will talk about Dante Moore in a little bit. Um, but continuing with some spring storyline talks, Tim, and if you're joining us live here, uh, make sure you hit the thumbs up on this video. Uh, you can drop a, a super chat if you have any questions for the guys, um, here. And, um, we also have uh, a link to our magazine store in, uh, the description of this, uh, video. If you're listening via podcast, you go to bluegoldonline.com. You can pick up a copy of the um, uh, recruiting issue um, of, of Blue and Gold Illustrated that we put out. It's 100 pages, got stories on every recruit Notre Dame signed, positional grades, um, stories on a bunch of the new coaches. Uh, again, bluegold. Uh, bluegoldonline.com for not only reading all the stories to get more information about these guys. It's a great keepsake. And, and Tim, I know you literally have a copy of Blue and Gold Illustrated sitting right next to you. Um, yes, it's, it's an older one. Um, why don't you show it real quick? Show, show it to the oh, people. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was uh, I was actually cleaning out some stuff, and look at that. The, yeah, the, the cover shot from old uh, loose emoji right there, 1989. So I busted this out, I was just flipping through some old stuff. Good for you, too. Hey, hey, blue and gold's been around a long time, and it will be around for a long time as well. But uh, definitely rest in peace to the goat. Um, loose emoji tim you're great i would much rather be doing this with loose emoji though <laughs> um and i'm sure you could say the same I'm, I'm fine but you know definitely would rather have Luke. let's talk some quarterbacks um i think everyone's just kind of assuming tim that tyler buckner will be the guy mm-hmm. um but it's not going to go down without a fight and, and for youtube audience you're looking at um, a, a compilation of some of Pine's spring highlights from 2021. Um, so, you know, do, do you have expectations for Drew Pine going into his, what, junior season here? I mean, uh, is there – have we already seen his ceiling or, or do you think he's got more that he could tap into? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the question of the, of the night. Correct. Uh, Drew Pine. I mean, where's he been since the Cincinnati game? Correct. Uh, he's, he's been in a, I mean, he's kind of out of sight, out of mind, you know? And I mean, we all went into that Virginia tech game. So many people figured he was going to be the guy, Yep. you know, yeah. Jack Cohn was injured. Wisconsin struggled you know, mightily against Cincinnati. Drew Pine rallied him, got him back in the game. You know, he had some accuracy issues and all that. But, yeah, he's a backup quarter. You know, he's really the what, battling the second and third string. Came in and, uh, you know, played his tail off. And then come Vod Tech, they went with Jack Cohn, Buckner. And we never heard from Drew Pine. So where does he stand this spring? Is it, you know, is Marcus Freeman going to have a, you know, I mean, you know he's going to have a true competition because there's only a couple quarterbacks on that on that campus. So, he needs Drew Pine. I think that's that's the other thing is, you know, Buckner missed a game last year. Let's don't forget that with a hamstring injury um, early in the season. So, you know, Buckner's a runner. They're obviously going to have a quarterback package 
for Buckner to run and do all the zone read type stuff, you know, as long as, you know, as well as throwing. So, you know, they got to keep pying around. <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen reports where he's going to graduate like super early, still has three years of eligibility left, but Notre Dame's got to find a way to keep him around because he is one broken belt buckle away from Tyler Buckner from being on that football field and, uh, and leading the offense. So it, it, it's going to be interesting, you know, because he's obviously the number two, because, you know, I, I don't think the expectations of, you know, Stephen Jelly coming in as a freshman as, as much as you love uh, and Jelly, but you're also a, a, a Drew Pine fan club guy. So, you know, so you can't go wrong with Pine out or Angeli as they battle for yeah, that. You watch two, your I mouth. Think. You watch your what? mouth, Tim. Hey. Well, I'm just, hey, I'm just stating, you know, the, 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 the fan clubs over the last few years. So, but uh, yeah, where does Pine fit in? He, he has literally been a guy you have not heard much about. So, you know, I know that, you know, Tyler and Patrick are going to be there and Ashton are going to be there for spring ball. That's going to be, you know, quarterback, you know, get some videos and see, and see, see how they're placing. Is it going to be a 50, 50 rotation early on, or are they just going to be like, we're going Buckner, you know, Pine, this is your role. It's so going to be fascinating. Tim, for that's first spring practice and media will get to see that. I, I don't know if the media will get to see, 11 on air or, you know, any seven on seven or whatever, but they will trot out some semblance of a first team, right? Yes. Oh yes. If you are Tommy Reese, who are you trotting out there? And, and do you have any thoughts of who, who, who we might trot out there at quarterback? Oh, I would try it out Tyler Buckner just because of, you know, the athleticism. I mean, all, all I'm thinking about is Columbus, Ohio. You know, we're going to Columbus. We don't have a tune-up. This is like the old Lou Holtz days where you're, you know, opening up with Michigan game one. There's no preseason. It's it's like, you know, we're going at it right away. Top 10 game, start kick off the season. So Buckner, just because of his athleticism, the way he could run around, do some things, he's going to give that, he's going to give that, you know, multi, you know, dual threat, you know, to the offense. You know, just can Pine do that? I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, he is, you know, everyone wants to compare him to Ian book because of the size and stuff like that. You know, the few times we've seen him run, he doesn't look like he's got book speed, you know? And, um, but uh, no, you, you gotta go Buckner. You do. You gotta go Buckner. I mean, he played so much last season and when he got, you know, obviously the Vautech game, he was outstanding in that game and you just keep growing off of that. And, and, and real quick on, you know, Tyler Buckner, the other thing is, I always go back to that North Carolina game where he did the audible inside the red zone for the touchdown that that showed great coaching by Tommy Reese getting that into Buckner where he completely audible out of a run play where he was going to run power into the boundary and kicked it to the wide side through the quick bubble touchdown. And, you know, they're going to grow off of that. I mean, if you're just watching this on YouTube right now and you've been watching this reel that I put together of, of Pine from last spring, you're thinking that he's freaking Tom Brady. I mean, he's, completing a hundred percent of his passes here uh yeah might not have included uh any incompletions or interceptions obviously um Mike ahead, I mean you've seen Drew Pine how tall is he the, the one thing I'll say about Notre Dame is <laughs> when and obviously I could say many things when they put out their heights and weights they they're very accurate they don't like like if 
Like Pine was listed at like six one by the recruiting services when he's going into his junior year. Then yeah. here comes Notre Dame recruiting, or, or excuse me, listing him at like five eleven and three quarters. He is under six foot, and yeah. that's that's just the fact. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, exactly. Not that Buckner is you know Nico out of uh you know Warren High School. Yeah, not, yeah. Buckner's yeah, six 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 seven, but. I mean Notre Dame. I mean, I mean Notre Dame's flanks are going to be Fisher, Alt, large dudes. Baker's going to be in that mix somewhere. Josh Slug. There's a lot of height on that football team. You know, the shortest guy is what Patterson is the shortest guy up front. So and what six four? Exactly six four. What roughly three hundred? You know, um, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the you know that's the one thing as well. Like because it changes the release. It changes a lot of the the type of routes because. Notre Dame is going to be very, very tall up front next year. Anything else on Pine? No, I, you know, I'm very, I'm very interested because he is, I mean, I mean, we have not heard about him since Cincinnati, have we? I mean, that's been a long, no. long time. No. So really curious to see what Tyler, Patrick and Ashton find out once they, you know, when spring ball starts here on the 17th. Todd Burlage from our blue and gold will be there as well. A long time beat writer for us. Gotcha. Um, mainly a magazine guy, but yeah, so we'll have four people at practices. So we'll have all sorts of video reports and written stuff. So a uh, dollar for one year premium access over at balloonandgold.com. This is really a fantastic time to go ahead and sign up literally a dollar for a year um, before it will go back to full price, just like any introductory offer, literally any, anything, you know, any kind of subscription service is. Um, it, it's, it's a great time to try us out at balloongold.com, uh, recruiting spring ball. Uh, you're not going to miss it. So, um, yeah, we'll have more boots on the ground covering, um, spring football than to my knowledge, any other media outlet out there. So definitely, um, stay tuned to that. Yeah. And then I, Tyler Buckner has got to be the, like talking about, he's got to be the favorite for the job. Mm-hmm. But one thing that you had said was Ohio state, you're thinking Ohio state right away. My understanding is spring ball is much more about development, fall camp much more about install. Sure, um, sure. So, I mean, spring's got to be the quarterback battle, and then I would imagine—I don't know—I I would imagine they would not name a starting quarterback until fall camp. Would you agree? Probably. I mean, it's you know, it's a smart thing to do because it's Marcus Freeman's first year, you know. But, uh, you know, you, you know, you got four, you know, when you say spring ball, it's 14 practices, blue and golds are glorified, you know, scrimmage, go have some tacos, hot dogs, hang out, things of that nature and, uh, have a little fun. So they have 14 practices. So when I say Ohio state, it's, Hey, this is Marcus Freeman's, you know, first spring. I mean, they've got to obviously, you know, they're not game planning, but they're preparing for what they're going to do. So, and the good thing there, you have Tommy Reese, you know, you know, the offense is in, you know, the calls are in. I don't see a ton of drastic stuff he's going to do other than other some, you know, a few tweaks here and there, you know, I'm more curious to see how, you know, the practice, you know, how are they going to do seven on seven with a couple bodies, you know, are they going to, you know, those wide receivers, you know, they thought they ran a lot of routes in uh, the Fiesta Bowl. Wait till they got to run every route in practice. Cause there's only what a handful of them, you know, same thing with tight end. So, a uh, great point there about, you know, fundamentals and things of that nature, because the numbers are going to be low at some of those skill spots. So are they going to work some more other type of packages, more two backs? Uh, one guy, 
you know, we've been talking about a little off the cuff here the last couple of weeks has been, you know, Chris Tyree. You know, you and Goolsby talked about him the other day. Chris Tyree, what is his role in this offense? Because he's not going to sit back there and pound the rock 27 times, you know, like Reggie Brooks did back in the heyday and some of the other big running backs. You know, you're going to give him the ball 14, 15 times, but then give him the ball four or five times, you know, as a pass catcher. So that's going to be interesting to see what they do with Chris Tyree in this offense. He, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to play a ton of slot. Yeah, and, and, and I like him there. I think he'll help. Yeah. yeah, five healthy scholarship receivers that they will have for for spring ball. So you're definitely going to need some tight ends, and which they but they only got three tight. Yeah, they don't have many tight healthy tight ends there <laughs> on scholarship either. So it's going to be a big spring for the walk-ons. Uh, quick super chat here um, from Ne Davis. He wants you to. Uh, he, he wants me to tell you that, you know, to put some respect on Drew Pine. Oh, hey, hey, if Drew Pine's the guy, wish him all the luck in the world. I, you know, all I'm saying is we have not heard from him, you know, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see where he's at. Great point you made, though, Mike. He's going into his third year. Tommy Reese, you know, obviously recruited him. Tommy Reese has been around him now for the two plus years. So, you know. You know, where's he going? You know, where's he going to fit? Is is Drew Pine? You know, if he's the guy, can Drew Pine do what Jack Cohn did? Can he take Notre Dame to an eleven-one season? You know, not that saying that Buckner's going to do that, but that's um, you know, we'll get into it, the expectation game down the road that after spring ball where we're out of, of where Notre Dame stands. But uh, as far as Drew Pine goes, you know, he he's got to go into the camp number two, and if he comes out number one then that means that guy did a heck of a lot in spring ball if they're able to name him the number one guy after spring. Here's uh, When I think about these two quarterbacks, if you could just somehow morph them together, the throwing motion, the mechanics, arm strength, he, Drew Pine is I, – I think he's got a very adequate arm like mm-hmm. – I, you know, I think people, you know, he's small. He doesn't have, no, he, like he can, like he can throw the football. Um, I, I really like him as a thrower of the football. If you could somehow put him in Tyler Buckner's body and give him that athleticism, make Drew Pine six, one and a half with that kind of athleticism and how cleanly he throws the football. I think Drew Pine, I, I, that, that player, that baby of Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner would be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. What you, what exactly. You, you know, and, you know, it's not like Buckner is Mr. Accuracy, you know, not like he's throwing, uh, you know, it's funny. I was watching, I started the Joe Montana documentary on Peacock and Montana used to throw with his dad through the tire swing. And, you know, it's not like Buckner is going to win that competition. You know, you just go back to some of his throws last year were off target. So, you know, he's not, you know, you know, drilling that ball, you know, into the hands properly all the time. So, but the, as far as quarterback goes, it's those two, because behind them is, you know, Paulus and uh, Steve Angeli coming in as a true freshman. Yeah. So glad you brought up Angeli. The next topic here is which true freshman early enrollee are you most intrigued with for spring ball? And for me, it is Angeli because yeah. I always feel like the new quarterback is the one we want to see the most. What does he look like when bolts are flying? Um, so I'm going to make sure our folks on the ground – are shooting tons of Steve Angeli video um, because 
I want to see what he's like. Is he, you know, if Notre Dame does get Dante Moore, and we'll talk about him later, so just becoming a quarterback show, which is always fun. You know, always fun. You know, if they go Tyler Buckner 2021 and Dante Moore 2023, is Angeli just, uh, you know, a, a body? Like, I, I think mm-hmm. we'll learn a lot about him this spring. Um, so, I don't know. What, what, what would you say are realistic expectations for, for Angeli this spring? Hey, I'm always going. I'm always going back to once again. If Buckner is out, well, I mean, what if Buckner pulls his hamstring again? I mean, and Jelly's automatic number two. So hey, Drew Pine, you're the guy. Go lead Notre Dame. So this is a huge spring for Steve and Jelly because he's a play away from being the number two, from being the guy that's got to get ready to go in there as a true freshman. So um, you know, I'm, I'm bringing up Mike Goolsby, old uh, quarterback. You know, Matt Lovecchio. When he popped onto the scene way back in the day, Tommy Reese in 2010, when he had to replace, you know, Dane Christ and, you know, uh, Brian Kelly's first year. So there have been times where true freshmen have had to go in there and be the guy, you know, right away. You know, Jimmy Clausen did that as well his freshman year during that mess of a season in 2007 with Charlie Wise. So there have been some freshmen that have had to go in there, you know, instantly and be the guy. And, you know, and Jelly comes from a, high-end football program. I mean, what they finish? Top five in the country, I believe, Bergen Catholic. Yeah, three or four. Exactly. Big-time football, big-time high school football coaches. So, you know, it's a mini college, you know, program that he's coming into. You know, Tommy Reese personally went out, watched him over the years, recruited him, brought him in. So he knows what Angeli's going to do, and I think he's going to get a ton of reps because of he's going to be one play away from being the next man in there at Notre Dame. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm, I'm excited because once again, anytime you get a freshman on campus, you want to know what that freshman's doing, especially quarterback at Notre Dame. Yeah. A couple of comments I want to get to real quick on this quarterback discussion. Zach Bennett says, sorry, Pine does not have a good arm. I'm sorry, Zach. That is not accurate. I mean, did you watch the video? I mean, if we're talking good arm, literally the word I said was like, adequate like he, he's got he's got a good arm I mean is he gonna throw the ball 60 yards in a game no he is not um but I mean I I think he can throw the ball 50 yards downfield no problem well, let me yeah well I go back to the Cincinnati game you know he throws up that deep post that, that Austin drops on a dime right to him he catches that midfield goes out and gets some more yards. All of a sudden that whole game changes. And if you go back to this, you know, Cincinnati game when Pine had to come in and, you know, rally the troops there, a lot of the corrections that were taking place on the sideline were Brian Kelly constantly talking to the wide receivers saying it it always felt like he was telling them you're running the wrong route. You're making the wrong cut. Pine's throwing it to these certain spots. I remember vehemently him just on Lindsay and Austin. Well, Austin got his, tail kick that game against Cincinnati, but he was always on Lindsay uh, about running the, the, you know, the wrong routes. It seemed like, especially a couple of those fourth downs where Notre Dame went for fourth downs in that game. So, you know, pine stats were a little skewed in that game, but it also comes back to some of the, the routes that receivers were running when watching the TV game. Yep. Joe Connor says Buckner's got mobility, accuracy, and more size than pine. Sure. He's definitely got more mobility and size, yes. but if you're going to say that Buckner's got more accuracy than Pine, I, I don't know what to tell you. Pine, I think, it is – I'll take Drew Pine's accuracy over 
mm, cone maybe maybe like he, like it's it's very he's very accurate so and yes. Buckner I think showed to be very inaccurate at at times last season although it's his freshman year I get it um but you know well with Buckner with Buckner they need to be an old school college I mean I've, I've mentioned this before in a few shows we've done old school college spread spread zone read RPO the living heck out of people you know if you want to play too high I'm going to run quarterback run if you're going to sink down the box, I'm going to RPO and get the ball out like crazy. So I think that's what they need to do with Buckner. Take advantage of his legs. The guy could run like crazy, but it doesn't mean he can't throw the football. So did you? Say, I think they're going to be, go ahead. Did you just say old school spread? What's old? Yeah, school well, yeah, spread? old school spread just meaning some true zone read type stuff that Notre Dame. How really, old can it be that it's old school? Yeah, yeah, fifteen years, I guess. Right. Every, I mean, everything keeps evolving and changing. So. I always go back to the original. When I say old school, that's going back to, uh, you know, Tommy Bowden at Tulane, you know, Urban Meyer's early days at, you know, Utah. You know, that's when the the spread started to get going in college football. But that was true, true motions, four wides, a lot of true, true spread. But Notre Dame's not going to do that because they have such great tight ends. So you got to utilize those tight ends. And, uh, and with Buckner as power, do they do more quarterback powers, more quarterback off tackle runs? You know, you know, some of the stuff Tim Tebow did. Here's the biggest question about this, Tim. What are you drinking? We have not talked about this. Oh, the world famous right here. Bolton Landing Festive Slacks. Oh, dude, that very that's good. Simple. Yeah, very good. Very good. I know. I will keep saying this. Brendan from Bolton Landing Brewing, if you're watching. Need some more beer, dude. I'm out. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm drinking water again. This is just some lemon water. Um, my hey, uh, Mike, right here in the comments, there, Patrick uh, just commented what old school spread is. That's perfect. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that was to me. Like when I played NCAA 2014, my favorite team to use was Missouri. That's when Missouri went five wide every yeah. play. The only time they would run the ball was. You know, they would have their running back um, as the third guy in the slot, and you just bring him in motion and do a little jet sweep or a read option jet sweep. That's, yeah, well, so that, that's yeah. old school spread. Yeah. I like it. But come on, that's like eight years ago. It can't be. Well, that's, what, yeah, well, that's when they went to what, two or three straight SEC, you know, championships back back in the day, you know, running that spread. And, uh, oh my God, I can't even think of the quarterback, the guy with the Chiefs, the quarterback, the spread guy. Oh man! So, so someone posts. It's not Chase Daniel. Someone get on it? Google. No, it's well, not who's Chase. that? It's Chase Daniel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. Do you remember the couple years where Missouri and Kansas were like at the top of college football, like 15, 16 years ago? Do you remember that? Uh, Mangino. Todd Reese was going. the quarterback for Kansas. I don't remember who the Missouri quarterback was. Um, the good old what? days when Mark Mangino got him. I think it was the Orange Bowl. In the Orange Bowl. I don't know. I don't know if that's happening. Keep Tlaib was their corner. He had some guys. He had some guys. Mangino, you know, he learned under Stoops. He could recruit. He had some guys. He had a had a heck of a team that year. I think it was the Orange Bowl, I believe. I want to say there was something else I wanted. Was there a comment here on YouTube I wanted to get to? Oh, one thing. I, I'm going to read this username. Pimped out nuke man one three two. I feel like someone just 
made a ridiculous YouTube uh, name just to, so I'd Love read it. it. He says, today's hype video, um, Drew Pine was squatting and Tyler Buckner was spotting him. Reese is in the back hyping them up. Goes to show the family aspect in the QB room. Excited for spring to begin. Uh, yeah, I, I will add the QB room is like fantastic. Like I think a lot of kids in Buckner's, excuse me, in Pine's shoes, maybe will say, I see writing on the wall, you know, I'm out. But, you know, he's like, he's a big fan um, of Tommy Reese. He loves Notre Dame. So yeah, as we're, you know, off season, you know, banter here about quarterback battle, something that's not likely to be decided for months. Um, you know, those two guys in in the quarterback room in general, Angeli Paulus. Um, uh, I don't know who the walk on is. Cole Capen, I want to say, has graduated. So who kind of who that? Um, you know, next walk on is. You know, it's 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 just a strong room. So you you definitely love to see that. All right, that I think that kind of wraps up the quarterback talk. Which true freshman, unless it is Angeli for you, time, which true freshman early enrollee are you most intrigued with um, for for spring ball? Well, I mean, there's a bunch. I, I mean, obviously the linebackers for depth and all that, but I went with uh, Tyson Ford. You know, he was. You know, I always go back to that was kind of Marcus Freeman's coming out party when he went out and got him away from Oklahoma. You know, convinced him to you know come aboard and he, he got on him early as soon as he got hired. So I'm really interested in, in to see how he does. Cause some of his video, uh, he was at the, the Texas all American game, I believe. Right. I mean, some of his video, he, he, he could fly just run into the ball, just unbelievable. And if he's a legit six, 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 five, some of, like I said, some of the video, his, his length was outstanding. So really interested to see what he could do because, Notre Dame needs, I think, some DNs more so this year for depth, definitely in 2023, because they're going to be losing some, you know, some really key defensive uh, defensive ends. But you know what? And there's been some freshmen in the past that have played. Rochelle, Isaac Rochelle played, you know, Khalid Kareem played. And I'm even going back to the, you know, the old days there with Anthony Weaver in 1998, when he came aboard and started instantly as a is a true freshman back in those days. Now he's a, uh, you know, he's been a defensive coordinator in the NFL actually lately there. Uh, another outstanding physical defensive end. And can Tyson Ford come in, be that guy, especially the strong side, you know, because, you know, are they going to move Adam Iola, you know, to there to have him and Foskey manning those edges, you know, is Nana going to be a, a main guy? Are they going to move Riley Mills? to the strong side end where he played in Virginia. There's so many variables there where, where does Tyson Ford fit into this? And I think they're going to give him a lot of things. Cause that was Freeman went out and got him as soon as he came aboard. Yeah. And he looked great at the all American bowl. I mean, yes. I, I was, he, he exceeded uh, my expectations there. I, I, there was actually another comment going back to um, Steve Angel and he to go Zen mode real, real quick. So we <laughs> don't do go we on a, so I don't go on a 10 minute rant here uh. <laughs> pt double ot says wait on three thinks there's 46 better quarterbacks than steve angeli the we so we moved to on three on january 1st i absolutely love it. it it's been so good for blue and gold um, our founders tweeted this out before, like our numbers from what we were at rivals to now, like subscription, like 
through the roof. Like it, it's been an incredible move for us. I think very like highly of Charles Power, the on three scouting, uh, the director of scouting and rankings. Like this Monday's update for on three and Notre Dame recruits in the 23 class was not very kind. I, I fully understand that. Um, but I feel like that's something that's going to even out over time. The next rankings update will be positive. And then it's, it, it just, it, it yes. evens out. There's not a big conspiracy here, but when we were in San Antonio, power was there. I was there for the all American bowl. I told him to recruits. I was like, listen, man, I understand. I've been in this business for nine years. I understand that ranking recruits is very, very difficult. And for every Notre Dame fan, that's like, this guy needs to be ranked higher. You got to remember, there's tons of other fans of other colleges that are saying the same thing about their players and not every player can be the number one player in the country. Like it, it, it that's just not how math works. Um, let's not cancel on three because they don't like your, how you feel about it. Like, all right, now, now I'm pissing people off. But anyways, how Steve Angeli is the number 47 quarterback in the country is crazy to me absolutely crazy. I think ESPN has him a little high as a top 10 quarterback in the country, Mm -hmm. but I would have him as a four star top 20 quarterback in the country. I I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Like Steve should have just like never went to a single camp or anything. You'd probably still be a four star. All he did was just like (laughs) go out and compete against the best players of the country. And I always thought he did really well. Um, and those settings, Chris Ayers says, Mike loves him. Some Steve Angeli, you know what, Chris, I really do. He's a great kid and he's a really good quarterback. I, I just, yeah. I will uh, go to my deathbed pounding well, the Steve Angeli table. Well, you know, I know when we, when we talked right around si- signing day, I, I went and watched a bunch of film of those quarterbacks between that 20 and 30 ish where he was ranked at the time. And he's definitely a top 20 quarterback. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I mean, he plays at Bergen Catholic, a premier, premier high school. I mean, just go and watch his film. He wasn't in shotgun five wide, shucking it for 5,000 yards. He played a true pro-style offense, bootlegs, play actions, run game. He's much more athletic. There was an unbelievable YouTube video. I will, uh, I'm will. i going to hunt that down and post that somewhere in the comments of all his like on-field uh, action shots that someone put together out there in New Jersey sports. It's awesome. It's about seven, eight minutes. And that was the first time I saw, I actually just watched this a few nights ago, just preparing for some spring ball stuff. And that was the first time I saw Angeli at this angle, much better, much better than, you know, than I expected. So he's yeah. Like, I mean, he's, he, he's not some two-star walk on that's just coming in here for crying he's out loud. Listed at six two two ten, But when you see him in person, like he just looks bigger to me. Yes, he does. He's got a good-looking lower body, especially when he rolls out, does his bootlegs. He's a solid, solid football player. He, he has to play for Notre Dame in the next couple of years. They're not going to struggle with him. I think maybe in the next. I mean, oh, oh, definitely not this year. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sophomore maybe, but like, I, I think he could be a really good two-year starter for Notre Dame. But we. So, but what does that mean if he's a two-year starter? <laughs> Oh, uh, that, that there's a whole other podcast for another day. Yes. So yes. I will, in, in full transparency here, we're 42 minutes into this live show. Ashton Pollard was supposed to be with us 
Um, we had a couple other topics that were a little bit more like geared towards her. So she was a game time decision. She was out for tonight. Um, but she'll be back with us next Wednesday for that live show. So we've kind of gone off the rails a little bit. I hope this is okay to play. This was not planned. I'm going to play this. Hopefully YouTube doesn't get mad at me for, for playing this. You, you, you never know. Oh, I love it. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to pop us off the screen. So this if you guys watched our YouTube show from uh, Monday night with Mike Goolsby, you have to go watch it first of all, or, or listen back. We, Mike Goolsby talked about this 2009 Japan bowl. Um, so you want to, you want to watch some Mike Goolsby film here and, and, uh, and, and break it down to him. <laughs> I loved it. I, I, I watched it when you uh, posted it. It was, it was great to see, you know, like I was telling you, they, you know, I know they did some memorabilia for this. I have some, some of this stuff somewhere. Cause it was a big event. Because Lou Holtz coached it, went over there to promote the game, and uh, I think Goolsby over there getting hyped, uh, hyped up like crazy. But uh, people, hey, my, you know, Mike was Mike was a cap. I mean, Mike could play. I mean, every every time I think of Goolsby, all I ever think about is that unbelievable upset they had, uh, you know, in Tennessee in two thousand and four. That that I mean, that front seven was just awesome. But uh, great play there. You know, gonna have to rouse him here about his tiptoeing here that you do here in a second. But uh, hey, Mike can play. Mike can play. He was a great captain. What I liked when you guys were talking the other night was about what Freeman's doing, and I, I truly, truly hope because you know you heard about this with Weiss and even Brian Kelly early on. Here, here goes Mike right here. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. He's not worried about the ball. He wants to score. There we go. Changes the ball to the sideline. Dances. I love the angle here in a second, you know? Oh yeah. This is awesome. This is awesome. But uh, going back to, you know, Mike and the outreach Marcus Freeman's doing with, you know, a lot of the football players, I, I, you know, me personally, you know, Mike was a captain. I think it'd be awesome for as many captains that get back to spring ball, the blue and gold game to, you know, Marcus Freeman to give them a, a platform as a Notre Dame captain to, you know, to talk to this team. And to set the tone coming forward, I think Mike would. Uh, I think Mike would give one hell of a speech to this year's uh, football team if he had the opportunity. <laughs> you know what word he just dropped there? <laughs> yes, yes, I saw that. I love because he's he's true. He's dancing. He's like, damn, he's a, he's so close to scoring a football game in Japan. So how many you know, how many Notre Dame alums could say that, right? I think that word he said rhymed with duck. Oh, I love it. I love um. It. <laughs> I do love it as well. Okay, um, we're going to one more topic here um, before we get out of here, Tim. And sure. yeah, it's been too long um, for us not to talk about this guy named Dante Moore um, on three consensus. Five-star quarterback, number 15 player in the country, number four player at his position. You know, we'll, we'll talk about Dante Moore, you know, until the cows come home. Um is that an accurate? Is that is that is that how you use that phrase? I yeah, think. that's one of those old sayings you just say. You know, you don't really think about what it really. Yeah, means. yeah you don't really think about it exactly. I'm exactly. not a farm guy, so hell if I know. But <laughs> my question to you, Tim, is what would the impact be? Obviously, Dante Moore is a really good quarterback. I mean, you can touch on that if you want to. Obviously, it'd be big from that standpoint. But as a longtime Notre Dame follower and knowing the team as well as you do for as long as you have, um, you know, follow the team. How, how big would this be for the Irish? Well, you hope number one, it, it, 
it's an instant impact when it comes to recruiting. And I, you know, and I use the, I mean, you just go back to Jimmy Clausen. Look at all the skill guys that came to Notre Dame when Jimmy came aboard over, you know, that, those couple year period that Jimmy had. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, Kyle Rudolph, Floyd, Tate, Armando Allen, you know, uh, they had, you know, uh, Aldridge was earlier. Who am I thinking? Oh, Robert Hughes. There you go. Robert Hughes. So many guys. Mike Ragone was there. Uh, tight end after tight end. So many good football players back then. Deval Kamara, you know, played with Jimmy. So is that going to be the same thing? I mean, Dante Moore is a heck of a football player. Um, we won't get into the him dropping to five. Uh, me personally, I think he's the third best quarterback in the class. I think the top two are there. You know, Arch and uh, I mean, Arch is there. I think, you know, he's good, but his name obviously gives him a part. But there's some things Dante Moore does with his arm. And I think in the latest rankings, you know, some of the thing was about his, you know, is he an athlete? Does he run? He Why run when you could throw the ball down the field? Correct? I mean, that's that's my thing when I watch him. As a quarterback, he is running. His vision is constantly looking for, for the next guy. That's what you see in his highlight film. I would love to, uh, and there's a couple full games, by the way, on YouTube where you could go and watch Dante Moore, you know, in the playoff run that, that they had last year, he is every bit legit quarterback, fantastic release, quick as could be. Does he come aboard? He's a Midwest guy. He's a Detroit guy. Does that open up pipelines that these guys that are all going to these camps that you've been to Mike over the last year. And they're like, damn, I'm going to go play with Dante. I'm going to go play with Dante. You know, Arch is going here. Nico's going to Oregon. It sounds like, you know, Nelson's going to get his, you know, West coast guys going to USC. What are you going to get with some of these other Southern guys? Cause they all can't go to Bama and Clemson and Georgia. They got to go, you know, there, there's plenty of them down there. You Don't you say that because they will. <laughs> no, uh, no, but but you know what? They're, they're going to get them. We talked about this a week ago on the message board where you brought it up, Mike, and I went and did some research on this. A great, great point about the 30th receiver in the country is getting a heck of a lot more recruited than the third best center in the country. And I went back and believe it or not, who are some of the guys hovering around that 30th ranking? Claypool. You know, St. Brown, uh, you got, you know, Merriweather's in the mid 20s that they just signed right here. Notre Dame has had a, a Boykin was up was up there uh, in that range that we were talking about. I was looking between the 20 and 35 receivers. Notre Dame signed a handful of them. C.J. Saunders, who was a heck of a return guy, was ranked in the low 30s. So there's a lot more receivers out there than people than people think about. So when Notre Dame signs. So and so he's ranked 188 and he's the 23rd best receiver. He's he's gonna be a dude. So um, and can Dante go out and get a bunch of those guys if he comes aboard if Freeman can land him? Yeah, Tim, whenever you start to say, uh, Mike, you said this that's so and so plan. I'm I'm like, oh crap, what did I say? Uh, <laughs> but I'm no, glad I was right in this yes. instance because that's that's not often. You know, but but it but it's a great point where people look at rankings and they're like, oh my god, we just signed the twenty fifth receiver. Yeah, look at the Notre Dame guys that they've signed around there. Look at where well, all these other guys also, are going. You you got to remember, yes, schools are signing three to four receivers a, a year. So, yes. uh, and, and there's a lot of top programs. You look at like I think I said this in the message board post. I was like, 
you got the top 10 player or top 10 schools in the country you know, besides Notre Dame, I guess, because they've struggled here recently at receiver. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the 2021 class, like they're going to go sign, like top 10 programs are going to go sign the best 40 receivers in the country. So even yep. if you're looking at the number 50 um, receiver nationally, it's going to be a really good player. But yeah, like there's not going to be a ton of great centers, right? It, typically, that's yeah. if you're listed as a center, it can be a good thing. But you know, that means you're not a guard or maybe you can be a guard, but you're not a tackle. So you lose a little mm-hmm. bit of like, um, you know, value there. But to say Steve Angeli's the number 47 quarterback really irks me. Well, Cause quarterbacks mean, quarterback is a thing like the farther down you go, that 23rd quarterback, you know, different. from a national ranking perspective is going to be a lot lower than the 23rd receiver. Um, like you mentioned Merriweather, he's the number 132 player in the country per the on three consensus. He's the number 23 mm-hmm. receiver. Yes. Um, you know, well, Avery Johnson, who Notre Dame has been recruiting out of Kansas. He's not in the top 300. He, you know, he dropped. So look where his ranking went. Um, you know, which John- is quite- Johnson, I thought he did. Maybe I'm wrong. I was just looking at on three. I didn't look at the, yeah, consensus. no, we got to, yeah. Consensus is. I is, like is, the consensus. When you prop up on three, I I agree. The consensus ranking, the way yeah. they do it, the algorithm that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, he's a three star according on three number twenty three. Yeah, There's that 23, number twenty three again. But yeah, consensus number one ninety nine um, player. So um, yeah, like Brendan Vernon dropped a good bit this week on uh, or excuse me on three and twenty four seven. But Rivals has him ranked as the number 17 player in the country. So even with all these drops, he went from 66 to 68 nationally per the consensus. So yes. um, yeah, always, always interesting. And I do love the consensus ranking uh, equally raised the way, excuse me, equally weighs those four rankings. You know, and, you know, one last thing on, you know, on Dante is, you know, you know, we talk about his, you know, you know, someone just mentioned down here about his base and his, and his throwing mechanics. Yeah. He's, he's solid. I mean, he's, He's a big time quarterback. I mean, there's not a lot of flaws with him. His his release is going to be legit. I me personally, I truly believe he could come in and battle in 2023. Is he going to be the starter? Who knows? You know, what is that season Buckner has? Pine has there's so many variables, but quarterback recruiting is an animal onto itself. But you know, Marcus Freeman needs he needs a splash. He needs a splash just because the quarterback room is light and Jelly's a, st- a foot away, you know one play away from being the number two. So they need bodies and Dante Moore is outstanding. And I like the fact that it's a Midwest guy, you know, they're, you know, getting a five star out of the Midwest is, is kudos to Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. If, if, if they go that route and they keep, and they keep staying on Dante and keep recruiting the heck out of him, we, you know, which I think we all, uh, you know, rest assured, you know, Marcus is doing coach Freeman's doing. There's something to having a good cold weather quarterback. I think, I mean, by all accounts, Tyler Buckner has been okay in, in, in the weather. You know, he's a Southern California guy, but there is something to a quarterback who you're not worried about him, you know, when it's snowing because he, he grew up in the snow. We'll take one more question. Uh, Chris Ayers asked, do you accept a, a Christopher Vizina commitment today? That's something we talked about last week. You said no. I said I said no. I mean, it's I mean, it's a it's a fun game to play. You know, you know, it's a great you problem to have. We'll yeah, exactly. That. It's a great exactly a great problem to have because Notre Dame has not been in this situation recruiting, a, you know, an on three two of the top five quarterbacks in a long time. You know, where they got to pick one of them. I said to wait just because I like Dante Moore. I think Dante Moore is a difference maker. I think he is a better quarterback than Mizina. I think 
film shows he's a better quarterback than Vizina. You know, I'm not saying, you know, when to, you know, throw him away as Vizina comes would be excited, outstanding quarterback. I like Dante. I think Marcus Freeman, his first year, he wants to go and get his quarterback. Is that, you know, is that Dante Moore? You know, the tea leaves kind of say it is because of the way they've recruited him. And don't forget, he was one of the guys at the pot of gold last year. Dante Moore was on that pot of gold when they went out and offered 40 guys on uh, St. Patty's Day last year. Dante was in that group. So they've, it's not like they just started calling him here in the middle of this past season. They've been on him for a long time and have known about him for a long time. So it's, uh, yeah, I said to wait just to make sure, you know, make sure you recruit Dante, Dante Moore to the fullest, to the very end of where he wants to make his decision. Yeah, I would take him. I would definitely take Vizina. He's too good to turn down because you lose both, and then you're a laughing stock. But what did I say last week? If you lose both, fine. Buckner's coming back. Pine will come back. You still got Angeli. Hey, Marcus Freeman's already offering everyone in 2024. Dude, no. No, Tim. No. No. You You have a borderline five-star quarterback, and you say, oh, well, we got Drew Pine. Like, and we got I'm Tyler just, Buck. Like you don't know what Tyler Buckner's going to be right now. You don't know if he, if he's going to be a great quarterback or not. Like there's there's reason Whoa. to be skeptical about Tyler Buckner, Andrew Pine. So you sure. you can't just say ah we'll pass on Vizina. Hey, the good news is we got all these other guys. Like no, but they're passing. But they're passing on him as they continually recruit Dante Moore. It's not like all right, you know, you know, you're done. As they continue to the recruit, gamble. go through. Hey, hey. So yeah. man, hey, I don't know. I think hey, if you I'm were Marcus back to the Freeman, you wouldn't have those cojones. Hey, hey, let's go back to what Luis Emoji always said, right? A third make it, right? A third are so-sos and a third washout. So we don't know in recruiting on any of these How many guys, of those so. big-time hits has Notre Dame had a quarterback? Not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, Not you've had guys lot. drafted here recently, Kaiser, Buck, but – not uh, not Kyle Hamilton level. So and you no, have no. potentially one in Vizina. I, I don't know. Just just saying. It's a great debate. We should have led with this. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a great debate. It's a great debate. You know, it really is. And uh, and Marcus Freeman enjoy uh, enjoy figuring that out. <laughs> I, I a lot of times these situations work themselves out. Um, yeah. I I still I put in the prediction for for Notre Dame to get Dante Moore a, a few weeks ago now and still feel good about it. So we will, we will just have to see uh Vizina's going to Ole Miss this weekend uh, after his rumor that he'd be going to Notre Dame. And you know what, if you're reading the tea leaves, what does that exactly mean? Uh, we will just have to see, but. Uh, let me ask this uh, a question uh, here, Mike, you know, obviously let's say it's, you know, someone just, you know, right here, if you miss out on both, what happens? Notre Dame has proven, you know, they could go get a good quarterback in the, in the portal. You know, Jack Cohen's probably going to get drafted. So, you know, finding a quarterback in these day and ages is not is not difficult. If Notre Dame needed a quarterback in 2023, I think they would go out. And I'll, find I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Donnie says we know more about Buckner and Pine versus any high schooler. Do we? I mean, is it that big of a difference? Yeah, he- yeah, do we know as much in a game as you know? I mean, let's say let's say I mean your prediction with Dante Moore. So Dante Moore comes in twenty twenty three. We're gonna know more about Buckner. I don't think we know fully about Buckner. If we did, 
he would have been the guy this year. And they, they got to make that decision now. Transfer. They, I mean, it, I, I think yeah. before definitely July, potentially before May, this thing's going to work itself out. Quarterback dominoes are going to start falling here. Um, so, well, isn't it? When's Arch? When's Arch going? Because that's going to deal with Alabama. You know, the rumor is on three's been talking about. I saw an article is it today or yesterday about Nico and how Oregon is just you know he's basically going to Oregon. It yeah, I like. don't think I don't think Nico sets off any dominoes, but Arch could because in this is something um, that um, Vizina is very aware of that. A lot of these schools are kind of waiting on Arch in the South. Like Clemson decided, you know what, Arch ain't coming here. Let's let's go offer Vizina. Vizina's yep. a big Alabama fan. If Alabama calls tonight and offers, I would think he's going to Alabama. So yes, Arch is kind of the big domino, well, especially for Vizina. Uh, just you know, pull up Arch. I mean, who, where? I mean, who is the favorite? Because. I keep hearing all this Texas stuff. Obviously, Texas brought in David Cutcliffe. Who was David Cutcliffe? Who did he coach? Peyton Manning. You know, to be, you know, Cutcliffe's going to be Sarkeesian's analyst, Sarkeesian's Alabama's OC, you know, all these things. So, yeah, see, on three is basically flipping a coin as well, yeah. right? Yeah. So, for, for YouTube, or excuse me, for podcast audience, the recruiting prediction machine at on three is up on the screen for YouTube. It's basically, an algorithm that takes into account visits like things like how many times you know this player on twitter like interacts with the school's tweets and just kind of like likes and retweets on that kind of so it's like a really neat algorithm so you, i mean you take it for what it's worth uh, but i mean these seem to be the top four players alabama georgia texas and Ole miss um, alabama with the lead right now could you i mean well, a lot of people say, ah, oh, he's just the number one player in the country because of his last name. Um, I mean, he's, he's got, I mean, the four sites all have him as number one player in the country. I mean, yeah. that's. No, no, he's, you know, but I mean, is Bama the favorite? Because Bryce Young goes pro after this year, maybe back-to-back Heisman's. Arch comes in, he's a true freshman, he's playing right away. So, and you just said Vizina's going to Old Miss. So does that mean Kiffin's like, you know, I, you know, I, I'm probably, you know. You know, we didn't get Peyton Manning. How are we going to get Arch Manning? I wonder so. if I wonder if the Ole Miss YouTube guys are like, what do you do if Vizina commits this weekend? <laughs> do you take them or do you wait for Arch? I'm uh, sure they're having the same discussion. That's, you know what? I'm going to go uh, Google that and uh, look for that, you know, see what's going on down there in, uh, you know, Rebel Nation. All right. Down My wife just texted me again. So I think it's time for us to sign off. Tim, Love this it. was a, a ton of fun. We will be back. Um, next Wednesday um, for another live show uh, with Ashton Pollard, who will hopefully be off um, the disabled list. Um, she was out tonight with a flu. She um, could not pull off the Michael Jordan flu game. Um, but uh, you need a voice uh, when you're doing um, podcasts, and uh, she did not have one. But fun discussion here. We'll be back March 9th for another episode of Pod Like Champion, our, our podcast here. So make sure um you guys um catch that next week and again go to blueandgold.com for all of your notre dame football and recruiting coverage